1 Corinthians 12, 14 to 26. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And if one member is honored, all rejoice together. That ends the reading of God's word. Amen. This morning, we have New Life having an event out there in, in the lawn uh, somewhere. And... Uh, course first christian and perhaps people might walk through here or something so just pay no attention to them okay if that happens this morning i want to talk about tearing down walls uh, this is a politics free sermon i saw a bumper sticker that said build bridges not walls i think it had some kind of a political uh agenda to it uh but uh, we're not going there this morning. In a few minutes, we're going to share the communion together in unity. We're going to celebrate the Lord's Supper. But before we do that, I want us to go to God's Word. And I want us to look, get a deeper perspective of the meaning of communion. You see, there is a wall. <clears throat> that separates humanity from God. Uh, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death. Now, what is death? Death is separation. That's the hard part of having a loved one die is now that we are separated from them, from their presence, from all that that entails. So in a sense, death is, is a wall. And the wages of sin <clears throat> is that a wall is there between us and God. A walls separate things. If I were to build a, a wall, I'm separating what is mine from what is yours, perhaps. 
And sin separates us. It builds a wall between what is God's and what is ours. It's not a wall we can tear down. It's not like the Berlin Wall. It's not a wall either that we can see or feel or touch, but rather it is a wall that separates us from all the blessings that God would give us. It is a wall that separates us from the promises that we could have. Now, it says that the wages of sin is that wall, that death, that separation from God. And we all know what wages is. Wages is something that that we work to earn. For instance, if uh, if you were to come to my house and I said I'm going to pay you $20 an hour to pull weeds from my garden, after two hours you've pulled the weeds, you come to me, and I say, here, I've got a free gift for you, $40. You say, no, that's not a free gift. I earned that. I worked for that. Those are wages. What we earn, what we deserve because of sin in our life is that separation from God. Our good works cannot tear down that wall. We can't give enough to tear down that wall. We can't do enough to tear down that wall. We can't go to church enough to tear down that wall. We can't pray. We can't study enough to tear down that wall. In Ephesians 2, 11 through 12, it says, don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days, you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. You did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in the world without God and without hope. Some of the key phrases in this passage that describes the unbelievers are this, apart from Christ, ignorant of God's promises, without God, without hope. Now the context of this passage has to do with the condition of the Gentiles apart from Israel and before the church began. But it's also a good description of the unbeliever's state. It's the result of the wall. We are apart from Christ. We are ignorant of God's promises. We are without God and we are without hope. That wall of sin helplessly and hopelessly separates us from God. Now, when you think of the word sin, you might say, well, you know, I haven't murdered anybody. You know, I haven't you know, robbed a bank, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good person. Do, do, am I really a sinner? Well, the word sin, I am told, comes, it's an archery term. And it's a term that means to miss the bullseye. In other words, a lack of perfection. Because we are not perfect, that makes us sinners. Sin is the lack of being as holy as God is. Well, we have that wall between us and God. 
But God tore down that wall. In Ephesians 2, 13 and 14, it says, But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people in his own body on the cross. He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. Christ has broken down that wall. Jews and Gentiles come to God as one now because God broke down that wall. The destruction of that wall now brought us near to God through the blood of Christ. And that's what the, the cup represents the blood of Jesus Christ that tore down that wall. You see, the shedding of Christ's blood was the only thing that could tear down that wall. So when we drink from that cup in a few minutes, we remember that the blood of Christ broke down the wall that separated us from God. 1 Corinthians 10, 16 says, when we bless the cup at the Lord's table, Aren't we sharing the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing the body of Christ? In Ephesians 2, 17 through 19, it says, He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. This is the gospel. Some people think the gospel is only found in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. No, the gospel is throughout scripture. The Gentiles, it says, were far away. It says the Jews were near. But both were on the other side of the wall. When we come to Christ, we're no longer strangers and foreigners. We're no longer on the other side of the wall because we become members of God's family. So the gospel is this. We no longer need to be separated from God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift of God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Can you imagine going to heaven and there is Susie Christian Oh, well, there's a Susan here. Uh, Sally, Christian, uh, and she's in heaven and she's bragging about all the good things she did to get to heaven. It wouldn't be heaven anymore, would it? <laughs> if we had to listen to people bragging. No, it's not, it's not of any of our works. It's a free gift of God. Now, again, contrast gift with wages. Wages we earn. Gift is give, a gift is given with no strings attached. A real gift is. I get these things on emails, you know. We've got a free gift for you. 
Yeah. If you buy $65 worth of other junk, we'll give you this junk. You know, uh, that's not a free gift. A free gift is no strings attached. It's yours. It's yours for the taking. But it's not yours until you take it. Imagine a Christmas morning and you're a child and you wake up and there's all those presents under the tree for you. And someone grabs a present and walks up to you and says, Here, you know, here's a present for you. And you sit there and go, oh, that's nice. Okay. Well, yeah, it's a present. You, you believe it's a present for you. Yep, yeah, yep, I believe that. Okay. Uh, aren't you going to take it? No. No, I'm just going to believe that it's a present for me. You know, How, you know that'd be crazy, of course. Uh, but there are people who've heard the gospel message. They believe Jesus died on the cross, but they've never taken it. They've never received it. They never said to God, God, I believe it, and I am receiving your free gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's not ours till we take it. God's offering it. I'd like to just take a moment of quiet right here because if, you're, if you've already received God's free gift of eternal life, I want you to take a moment in your heart and thank God for that. And thank him for his gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. If you've heard about it and you've believed it, but you've never said to God, God, I'm receiving your free gift of eternal life, why not do that right now? Is there any reason why you can't? So let's just take a moment of quiet. And you pray either... Thank him or receive that free gift of eternal life. Thank you. Amen. Okay, that's the big wall. That's the most important wall. But I want to talk about some other walls this morning, walls of our own making that the blood of Jesus Christ can tear down. You see, there's another wall between us and God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, it says, So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Sad to say, some Christians have built another wall between them and God. They're saved, they're going to be in heaven someday, but they're missing out on, on what God has for them right now. And what that is, is God's daily grace for his children. Every day, I have the opportunity to come boldly to the throne of grace. Every single day, I have that opportunity. Every day, we have the opportunity to talk with God. Every day, we have the opportunity to give God our petitions. But, but some Christians have built another wall, and, and, and that wall is separating them from enjoying the blessings that, that God has for them. Imagine if you would walking into Costco. And there's a bunch of things at Costco you want. And you've been given a debit card, all right? Unlimited amount you 
can buy from Costco. It's not going to cost you a penny. You can have it all. And you walk through Costco and you say, oh, boy, I'd like to have that. And I, I really want to have that. And, oh, boy, I really need that. You know, and, and you walk out of Costco without anything. You know, that's kind of like heaven. God has blessings we want and we need. We need God's love for the unlovable people that God has put into our life. We need joy in the midst of trying times. We, we need peace when, when the world seems to be falling apart around us. And God says, I will give them to you. It doesn't cost you a thing. But we have built this wall, and it's kind of like this. God, if you don't bother me, I won't bother you. And we totally ignore God. And we totally miss out on all the other blessings that God is pouring out and saying, here, it's free, come and take it. But God's not a part of our life. We're, you know, we're saved, we're going to heaven. It's a wall of our making and not of God's. Have you built that wall between you and God? Have you built that wall where you just kind of ignore him and you don't think about him and, and, and he's not a really a part of your life? For all practical purposes, you are a functioning atheist. And then there's another wall. And that's a wall that we build between us and other people. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6, says, And this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. Galatians 3.28, there's no longer Jew nor Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. The passage that Don read earlier says we're all part of one body. And, and those that are the feeblest part are still just as important as those that, that we think of as being the strongest part. We are one in Christ Jesus. And Paul wrote, I, I'm saying this, that there be no divisions among you. We are one in Christ. And we are commanded, commanded to maintain that oneness. Ephesians 4.3 says, Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. It doesn't say make a half-hearted effort or try once and if it doesn't work, give up. It says make Every effort, continuously make the effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Well, how do we build walls between us and, and other believers? Well, let me give you some of the things that I've noticed. Number one is the I'm right and everybody else is wrong mentality. Yeah. You know what that is? That's pride. Yeah. Now, I got a corner on truth. I got it right. 
Nobody else has it right. And therefore, I have the right to look down my nose at other believers because they just don't see it the way I see it. Pride. Second one is not forgiving those who have offended us. In Colossians 3.13, it says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. We're going to the communion table. We're going to be reminded of the blood of Christ and his body and was put on the cross and, and, and why it was to forgive us our sins. How dare we go to the communion table if we haven't forgiven other people? After all, God has forgiven us. Another thing I found that causes disunity is not speaking the truth in love. Ephesians 4.15 says, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who's the head of his body, the church. Now, there's a world of difference between speaking the truth and speaking the truth in love. If it doesn't feel like love, then it's not received by love. We can say, oh, yeah, I ripped him up one down side and down the other, but that's because I love him, you know, and I want him to be a better person. <sighs> no. If I don't feel love coming from someone, then I'm not going to receive the correction that they want to give me. We speak the truth in love. To do that, we need to choose our words wisely because words build walls. Another thing I've seen is in what we do or what we don't do can build walls. I don't want to get political this morning, but in the past couple years, we've had to make some significant choices. Choices that we really probably never even thought about before that we'd ever have to make. And unfortunately, Satan took advantage of this and he built walls between Christians. Some churches have been severely damaged. Some have ceased to exist because Christians allowed something that they did or didn't do to build a wall between them and other Christians. These are walls of our making. Over in Romans 14, verse 4, it says, Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall. And with the Lord's help, they will stand and receive his approval. You are not my servants. Okay? You're not my servants. It's not my job to control you. It's not my job to manipulate you to think or act like I do. That is your master's job. 
Okay? To him and him alone, we stand or we fall. It's not our job to control what other people do. When we come to the Lord's table today, we, we need to ask ourselves some question. Have I built a wall that Christ shed his blood to remove? Hopefully you've all taken care of that first wall. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hopefully you've taken care of that one. If not, why not do that right now? But how about the other walls? The wall that separates you from obtaining all the blessings God has for you. That, that wall that you have built that causes you not to receive God's blessings. How about the, the wall between you and other believers? A, a lack of forgiveness. A lack of love. Have you built that wall? How about that wall to try to control what other people think and believe and do? The, the, the us and them wall. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed on the cross to tear down walls. Don't come to his table and take the cup of his blood and the bread of his body if there are walls that you need to confess. And you know the wonderful thing is God has already forgiven you for that wall. When we go and confess, and confess is a word that simply means to agree with God. Okay. When we go and, and we confess the, the, our sin in our life, we don't have to beg for his forgiveness. He's already been forgiven. What we do is we go and we confess and we acknowledge our sin and we say, thank you, Lord, that Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross for that sin and he forgave it. Then we can enjoy the blessings that God has for us. Again, I want to take just a moment of silence. If you've built a wall today, why don't you confess it? Thank God that his blood was shed for that. And say, God, uh, that, that wall is keeping me from experiencing all the blessings that you have for me. Help me to tear down that wall. And then we come to the Lord's table. We come thanking him that his blood was shed to tear down those walls. So a moment of quiet. You just talk to God in your own heart, and I'll pray in a moment. Lord, I confess that I have built walls in my pride, those who haven't agreed with me, that I've, I've considered them less than, than you do. 
And Father, thank you for that forgiveness that's in the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray for each person here. Lord, as we go to the table, may we, we go unburdened, unhindered by the weight of sin in our life that has built walls. May we come rejoicing that you have torn down the walls. And Father, thank you for that freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. Father, prepare our hearts to receive the communion, the elements, as a symbol of your work on the cross and all that implies for us living the Christian life. For I pray in Christ's name, amen.